Before I tell you Gabriel's plugs I just want you to know there are a lot of other podcasts out there. Some by comedians way more successful than Gabriel Rutledge. You should check them out. For those of you that are still here I might as well tell you that on August 9th Gabriel is performing in Austin, Texas. It's a private show so you can't go. You really dodged a bullet Austin. August 10th Gabriel is doing some sort of outdoor festival thing in Port Orchard, Washington. August 11th he's in Everett, Washington. Then he'll be on vacation for a week with his family at Seaside, Oregon. Let Gabriel know if you can come give his cat Don pills when they are gone. For more info and for all of his show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. Episode 32 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host Gabriel Rutledge. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes. <laughs> okay, I'm rolling. I did not see any rivers or lakes that I'm used to today, um, but I did uh, see a creek. Yeah. Or as they might say in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I am right now, a crick. Um, went on a nice long walk today. Do I sound skinny? I feel skinny. Can you hear it? Is my throat slender? Um, I saw a turtle. I mean, come on. How was your day? I saw a turtle. How about could it be? I saw a fucking turtle. Uh... Yeah, I've been, you know, it's weird to come back somewhere every year. Uh, I mean, it's weird. I go to a lot of places I'm never going to go back to. Um, And that's kind of weird, too. It makes you feel weird, a little melancholy to be like, oh, I'm never coming back here. Like, Pakistan. I mean, it's possible. But, like, when you say goodbye to someone you met in Pakistan, you're fucking saying goodbye. Uh, But it's even weirder. To like the loony bin here in, in uh, uh, Little Rock. I mean, I've probably been here nine or ten times. It's about once a year. And every year I come back, I'm a year older. Because that's how time works. And it's just so weird to walk around and be like, oh, there's the creek. I saw a snake there once. Oh, I saw a turtle there once. And then, you know, I saw another turtle. Was it the same turtle? Maybe. I can't tell turtles apart, which is racist if you're talking about people, but I think it's okay with animals. Yeah, I'll say it. All you turtles are the same to me. I'm here in the uh, comedy condo, of course, which is like a nice little suburban cul-de-sac type neighborhood. Uh, I'm in the basement. I'm in the, I, I, I feel like this would be a great place for a a son to live who wouldn't move out of the house. Just like a real nice basement setup. Got a TV room. Boy, that's a term you don't hear a lot anymore. TV room. Uh, and uh, and I got a bedroom. So I, f- I really do. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm the slacker son and won't move out. And my mom's upstairs. Hey, ma! We're out of milk. Uh, my uncle, uh, Uncle Rick, he lived in a basement of my grandparents' house, I think till he was 30. Uh, but it's weird because he wasn't like, he had a job. He just didn't want to move out and maybe they didn't want him to move out. I don't know how it worked, but he was like, pretty sure he was like late 20s or 30. He was like a, a manager at Pizza Haven which I don't think exists anymore, but that was a very popular chain of pizza restaurants. And the funny thing is, we would go visit, and I think my parents would be like, oh, Rick's still, uh, you know, Dean, your brother's still living in the basement. Like, they probably talked about it in terms like they wanted him to move out on his own. But to me, my Uncle Rick was the coolest fucking guy ever. I mean, he gets to live in the whole basement by himself. 
He manages a pizza restaurant? This guy's living the dream. He owns two dogs? He goes fishing all the time? What? He had a big four-wheel drive truck with a bumper sticker that said, You touch on my truck, I break in your face? <laughs> this is a fucking American badass right here. This guy's living the dream. He's got a basement. How come we don't have a basement, Mom and Dad? Why do we have a flat, shitty house with no upstairs or no downstairs? How come when we go somewhere in our house, we have to walk in circles? We can't go up. We can't go down. I guess that's good about my house, too. It's, uh, my house is kind of long. It was like they added rooms to it, but they couldn't add them upstairs. They couldn't make an upstairs structurally. And so it's just long. It's like a long-ass trailer. But the important thing is, uh, you know, I don't think my kids are going to want to stay. If you don't have a nice basement or an attic to hide in, there's no separate entrance. You know, if my son stays till he's 30, he's, you know, I think he's going to figure out when mom and dad lock the door, they're not just having talks all the time. Actually, sadly, a lot of times we are. <laughs> Sometimes when the kids pound on the door and they're like, what are you guys doing in there? And we're like, we're talking. That's actually the truth. We're talking about fucking. No, we're talking because like you, you can't have a conversation when you live with three other humans who are very selfish by nature. What's that? You guys had a thought? You had a conversation you wanted to complete? Well, too bad because we're asshole children who developmentally are only capable of thinking about ourselves. It's weird what you think is cool when you're a kid. Like, you know, I thought my uncle was cool. Not that he wasn't cool, but I mean, you know. Uh, I don't really think it's cool now that I'm an adult to live with your parents till you're 30 in the basement. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but uh, it's weird. Like I told my, uh, you know, I'm a professional comedian, which I think is cool. And my kids kind of think it's cool, but I... I told my eight-year-old I used to deliver pizza, and she was like, you did? I was like, I puffed up a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I did. Did it for a long time, way after I should have gotten a different job. This is a before GPS, kids. We got lost a lot. Had to look at maps. Had to pull over to pay phones and call people and say, I can't find your fucking house. <laughs> Same with when I first started comedy, by the way. It was like, uh, it's, uh, I remember MapQuest. MapQuest, I thought, was the future. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. You say, I'm leaving from here. This is where I'm going. There's a step-by-step -step directions. And I, MapQuest was awesome. But see, here's the problem with MapQuest. is like once you missed one turn, you were done. You know, you can't recalculate printed directions. Even early smartphones, I mean, it sounds like I'm talking about, you know, right after we got off the dusty wagon trail, but early smartphones, you didn't you didn't have directions. In fact, the first the first time I ever stayed at the comedy condo here in Little Rock, it was actually a couple blocks away. Uh I took a Greyhound all night <laughs> from Wichita to Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas, which, by the way, holy fuck. I mean, whew, this country, <clears throat> it's got its own poverty problems. And if you don't think that, I mean, I'm sure the place where you live has people in tents, so you get it. But in a more rural way, when you're rolling through the small town south, picking up people from a bus station in the middle of the night and small towns in Arkansas, you're like, holy shit. I gave someone my sweatshirt. Like, <laughs> I, you know, someone was like shivering to death in the middle of the night. They got on a bus. They were sitting next to me. And I was literally like, just keep this. 
Jesus Christ. Does it sound like I'm bragging that I gave someone a sweatshirt? I didn't mean <laughs> I was just trying to point out there's some pretty horrific uh, poverty in this country. And if you want to think I'm a hero, fine, I'm a hero. But, you know, also, all I, I get in, they pick me up from the Greyhound station. I take, I sleep till the afternoon. I wake up. Never been here before. Wander my way, you know, a half mile away to the store. Get some stuff. Try to wander back. And uh, got lost. Like, wandered neighbor. Every neighborhood looks the same. Every house looks the same. Every tree in front of every house in Little Rock looks the same. It's the same turtle fucking in front of every house. And uh, I uh, I wandered around for, I did not want to call the club booker because I just met him. I didn't want to be like, Jeff, I'm lost. I'm wandering around with a peg that has frozen pizza in it. Uh, but it took me about, I would say, three and a half, four hours of wandering around the neighborhood. Uh, before I'm like, oh, that's the street. I found it. I found the house. Uh, so yeah, could have used directions on my phone back then. Could have used that sweatshirt later too. Uh, actually, this is a kind of a, there's a little, little extra element of danger to this, uh, this time at the condo because when the, uh, club manager dropped my off, he's like, uh, well, the last two weeks, people got stung by bees here. Actually, hornets or wasps. He's like, I keep... They keep trying to build nests all around the house. I keep knocking all the nests down, but they keep coming back. But there shouldn't be any. Let me know. So, didn't see any on my way in. Uh, <laughs> then I, I'm, again, going to walk out down to Dunkin' Donuts, probably a half mile away. And uh, I see, like, there's just yellow jackets or wasps swarming all over the front door. And, like, I think there's not a nest, but they're, like, trying to build a nest. So I'm, like, I'm scared, you know? I'm not afraid to tell you I'm afraid of a wasp. And so I'm, like, well, maybe I don't want to leave. And I'm, like, I know what I'll do. I'll go out the back door. Uh, Well, attached... To the back door, there's a small little nest with like 10 wasps walking on the back screen door. So I'm like, am I trapped in this condo? Um, and so I still see wasps out in the front. But, I mean, I kind of like open the door and <laughs> run really fast. I don't run, but I move fast. Like coming home last night, uh, the guy who dropped this off was like, don't worry, it's night. They'll If there's any wasps, they'll be calm like is that true there's no one night wasps there's not one night bee out there who sleeps in until noon so we can stay up all night and sting the fuck out of people uh but anyway you know i do i do i do see like a wasps flying around the front door i'm trying to punch in the door code like i'm trying to defuse a bomb in a movie like son of a bitch i do it wrong i'm like you know so so far not stung but like you know Every time you leave, you're afraid you're not going to get stung by a bee. That's not a very relaxing stay here in Little Rock. I think what happens is uh, they start building nests. And even if you get rid of the nest, there's like smells and pheromones and uh, shit. And so they keep coming back to the same spot. So they probably need to spray the house. But, you know, it's not my business. I mean, it's kind of... if If I get stung, I guess it's my business, but... Just, you know, hey, we're going to have a good week here in Little Rock. You're not allergic to wasps, are you? No? Why Why is that coming up? Is it... <laughs> is a wasp club coming to one of the comedy shows? No? I just have to fear for my life every time I enter and exit the house? Awesome. Last time I was here... Oh, God, it was so embarrassing. Oh. So... The toilet got plugged up, which, I mean, I I don't, look, I thought it might have been my fault, and then it clearly wasn't my, they clearly had some plumbing issues, 
And so this was like towards the end of my stay, but I, <laughs> I realized like oh, the day before I was going to leave, I heard like this, my toilet was plugged up. I couldn't unplug it. And then I heard like this whooshing sound. And I realized water was coming up through the shower floor and shit was coming up through the shower floor. So clearly had, they had some sort of like bad plumbing issue. But, like, I had to tell, <laughs> I had to tell the club owner. Do you know what I mean? And I was actually going to text him, and I was worried about that. And then he, like, showed up right as I was leaving, and I had to be like, hey, Jeff, uh, mm, uh, I think you got a plumbing issue. You got a clogged toilet, and there's shit coming through the shower. Anyway, thanks for a fun week. I'll email you about a rebooking. I'm going to work on my diet so we don't do this again. Again, it wasn't my fault, but I felt like it was when I'm telling the guy like, hey, <laughs> I took a shit so big I ruined your shower. It's not a fun conversation to have. I had uh, I had radio today, which, uh, you know, again, when you come here a long time, it's like the same. It's like. Heather and Pool Boy in the morning. Which, because it, you know, it's morning radio. Can't just be names. It's got to be like, Lug Nut and Torque Wrench in the morning. Uh, used to be <laughs> DC and Heather in the morning. Uh, that's her former host. But, uh, I mean, I guess I can say this because it was like public knowledge, but like, I think he kind of went, he had some problems, maybe some, I don't know, drug and alcohol. I don't know. He, uh, but at one point in time, they were, <laughs> he kind of disappeared and everyone was searching for him. And he ended up, he was just like in his attic, hiding from people, kind of trying to drink himself to death, which, uh, you know, another advantage to uh, not having a basement or an attic in my house. If you're going to drink yourself to death, you know, it's hard to do it privately. Uh, but yeah, obviously like a sad story or whatever, but uh, also, <laughs> I don't know. Every story I hear about someone who just, I don't know what, tries to drink himself to death or like a little bit of me goes like, yeah, I fucking get it. You know, any sort of, it's like when you have children, like it's a fairly common story that someone's dad, someone's biological father just bailed as soon as they were born. And I have my own children and I remember one, my son, my first child was a baby. I remember thinking I judge those dads more than I used to. For leaving because I have a baby now and I can't imagine leaving. So I, I I judge them more, but also I get it now. I get it. You know, just be like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> this is a nightmare. I'm starting over in a new city. Uh Godspeed. Later. There was a dude. John, you listen to this podcast, my buddy John. <laughs> Do you remember that guy you worked with at Pizza Hut who would just like get a hotel room and like buy gallons of liquor and just get plastered for an entire week? Like, I know that's unhealthy. I know that's clearly a symptom of a bunch of other problems. But I remember at the time, every, we, you told us that. We, I remember we'd be like, man, that's fucking cool, man. He should call us next time. We'll drink ourselves to death. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but there's... It's like the movie Falling Down with uh, Michael Douglas. Like, I've never met a woman who likes that movie, and every man is like, fuck yeah, man, I'm so close to that every day. You know, not in like a murdery way, but like in a way that like... There's something unnatural about life. Following rules 
and uh, doing things. And I think there's a little bit of a, I don't know what it is, a little bit of unevolved caveman inside every man that's just like, no more rules! You know, not in a way that, like, women are, like, doing, you know, the typical heterosexual relationship, like, the woman's, like, ruining our life. I don't mean it in that way at all, but there's just a lot of, like, you know, oh, did I tell you we're going to my mom's this weekend? And, oh, the kids have a birthday party. There's a sleepover at our house. And, you know, oh, we have a parent-teacher conference. And we're like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And the whole time, a little bit of me is like, if I had an attic, I might be up there right now. I mean, it's my life. I chose it. No one forced me into it. I just mean, you know, women have their own ways of freaking out. Maybe they go on a girls' weekend and fuck a stranger. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just, I think there's a a little bit more of a biological problem with men being domesticated. Where you know, again, I don't. Want, I also don't want to be a foraging for my own food and hunting. Uh, but you know, it's a little bit of an in between time of evolution. You know. You know, I get toxic masculinity is bad and all that, but I also know that, you know, sometimes you need someone to build a deck. <laughs> and some of that toxic masculinity could come in handy. Maybe not toxic, but at least masculine. Um, and I got distracted. It's, you know, it's... uh. There's just a lot of bullshit to life, no matter what your gender you identify with. You know, there's a there's a part of you that's like, this is the life I wanted, but this is not the life I wanted. That's universal. So yeah, there it's uh losing your shit. I mean, on a scarier level, I guess that's why there's not a lot of female uh, serial killers or uh, mass shooters or whatever you call it. You know, because that's, at the scariest level, that's in a man to, like, just get a gun and they'll notice me now. But on a smaller level, it's like, I'm going to check into a Super 8 and drink eight gallons of whiskey. Fuck life. See you in a week, Pizza Hut. That was a depressing sidetrack. My point is, uh, I remember right after uh, (laughs) DC and Heather ended. Yeah, they, uh, I think they had, I don't know what they had, a guest host before Pool Boy was full time. But you know how they have like, uh, uh, radio trucks and vans that, <laughs> you know, it, it's whatever the station is. 1071, the fucking, I don't know what, the eagle, the wolf, the turtle. I don't know what the station is. And, uh, and I guess they didn't want to pay for new paint job. So they had literally just scratched out DC on the station van, and it just said, and Heather in the morning. (laughs) Oh, shit. They should have kept that name. Welcome back to 1071 and Heather in the morning. Don't you dare lefty Lucy or righty tidy that radio dial, cause Lugnut and Torque Wrench are coming up next. Hello, this is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently is just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship, but I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So, worth it? Of course it is. Uh, go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of the Rutledges. there's a scene in uh falling down where uh, michael douglas like takes a gun out and like demands that is it mcdonald's 
uh, I think it's McDonald's or at least a fast food restaurant. He demands, he wants a breakfast sandwich. And, uh, they're like, we're sorry, it's after 1030 or whatever. And, you know, he takes a, takes a gun out, not to shoot anyone, but just to be like, make me the goddamn breakfast sandwich. That was, uh, that's a thing everyone complained about. You know, it was like one of those, uh, a lot of stand-up comedy bits, a lot of everything, just about the pain in the ass how you couldn't get a breakfast sandwich. And then McDonald's changed it. Like, I don't know how long ago, three, four, five years ago, they're just like, you can get breakfast all day, and no one gives a shit. No one, <laughs> everyone complained, and then when it changed, everyone was like, why would I want a breakfast sandwich? It's 10.45 a.m., give me a Big Mac. Just Egg McMuffin? Gross. Okay, let's get into some, uh... Shit that Gabriel should have said last week. Actually, two weeks ago. Not to correct you, robot announcer lady. Uh, but last week, of course, I had my, uh, lovely wife, uh, as a host. <laughs> have you guys also had the, so- the song Islands in the Stream by Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton stuck in your head for... Days at a time. If you listen to that episode, I, I sure as fuck have, because my wife uh, apparently knows a lot of those lyrics, and she sang a lot longer than I was comfortable with the Kenny Rogers "Islands in the Street" song, and I have not had it out of my head for an entire week. Um, but anyway, I got some uh, good feedback on that episode. By the way, uh, people seem to enjoy and Christie's on, and I do too. And people are like, your wife's funny. Yeah, she's very funny. She's a lot funnier than a lot of comedians I know. Anywho, not in a like she has bits way, but just like in a fun life way. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, I, I, uh, I talked about how, um, the Funny Bone comedy chain, <laughs> you know, they sent me an email and said, gosh, you're funny, but, uh, we're probably not going to book you again. Or we'll book you again, but it'll be more last minute. But you're not drawing that well. By drawing, I mean, you know, selling tickets that well. They give away a lot of tickets, but of course, they would rather sell tickets. Because apparently, they're trying to make money. I'm an artist. I don't care about your money. Um, anyway, uh, I did want to, I wanted to clarify a little bit, because I got a couple messages about that. Because, I work a ton of clubs with famous headliners, all you know. So it's not just that uh, I might not work Funny Bones anymore because they book famous headliners. Because I, you know, again, Looney Ben, where I'm at right now, they don't really. But you know, there's tons of times if I look at the comedy club calendar, it's like you know, it's uh, some very famous people and me are all appearing in the month of August or whatever. But I guess uh, some clubs, either they don't care as much about papering their room, or they just sell more tickets. I mean, some places, like in the Northwest especially, I am more of a draw. People will buy more tickets. But um, some clubs, they're, you know, it's really they're, they're selling to their community. Just come out and have a good time. Buy some tickets, even if you don't know who this person is. And, uh, they seem to pull that off a little better. And, um, you know, not that Funny Bones are doing anything wrong. It's just more of a celebrity driven business model. And also they're, you know, they're in malls and their rent is high. You know what I mean? They have, uh, they have a lot more overhead. And, um, so yeah, there's just like certain, like there's a comedy club chain called Helium. There's one in Portland. And, you know, I work, I work Harvey's in Portland. And, uh, at least I have, I have not, not this year, but, uh, and sometimes Portland people will be like, why do you work Harvey's? That club's way shittier than Helium. Cause Helium <laughs> is never going to book me to headline barring, uh, some sort of crazy thing happening in my career. It's just not, um, they're one of those clubs that's a celebrity driven business model or maybe not celebrity. Maybe it's not someone you've heard of, but it's someone someone's heard of, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, even if it's not necessarily someone you'd think of as a comedian, that Steve O draws very well. Uh, Kevin Smith 
tells funny stories and draws very well. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, that's the way the business is right now. There's much less, let's book funny people and sell the experience that if you come to our club, you'll get funny people. And, uh, it's much more, can this person, you know, there's YouTube people who come in, usually not the whole weekend, but it'll be like a special event on a Tuesday or whatever at a comedy club. And most of the world has never heard of them. I certainly haven't. But you don't, that's, that's what life is like now. You don't, everything is so fragmented. You don't really, you don't need everyone to know who you are. You need 200 people in that town to know who you are. And then you sell out that show. And will it be good? Fuck, probably not. You know? Same reason most stand-up comics YouTube shows aren't any good. Because that's not what we do. And, you know, it sucks to me that stand-up comedy is the thing that people look to. to Like, hey, I have a little bit of celebrity I can cash in. Cato <laughs> Kalin, during the OJ trial, started doing stand-up comedy. That lets you all that lets you know all you need to know about the level of show business uh, stand-up comedy is. And, you know, there's... There's a bunch, you know, bunch of Saturday Night Live people who don't do movies anymore are out doing stand-up. And, you know, Chris Farley's brother is making five to ten grand somewhere this weekend. Maybe less, but more than me. But it, you know, it's, uh, so it's, uh, you know, I work a ton of clubs that also work celebrities. But they, it's, it's, um, you know, like I said, the Funny Bone is a little bit of a different business model than uh, those other clubs. And uh, so, yeah, no, you know, I wasn't telling a sob story like I'm out of the business. I'm fine. I'm doing bu- I'm too busy, if anything. Um, but it is that is a business model thing that has changed since I started comedy where, um, you know, obviously there were still stars, but it was much less about uh, how big of a draw you were and much more like people love comedy they'll come see a comedian and uh you know i don't really i'm not worried that i'm like gonna be out of the business because i'm fucking hilarious there's always gonna be a place maybe it's not the place i want maybe it's not the level of club i want Maybe it's the occasional show at the Royal Bear in Algona, Washington. Uh, <laughs> but maybe it's a cruise ship if I have to. But like, I'll I'll work. You know, I'll be fine. Um, but I did. I just want. I did want to clarify that a little bit. Where um, you know, yeah, the the funny bones were being honest with me, and they're like, "You're not a big enough draw to make this work for us." Um. But uh, there's plenty of comedy clubs that do book celebrities that also squeeze me into the calendar. And uh, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Uh, someone sent me a question, a podcast question, if you would like to uh, contact me. Uh, Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com or platonically slide into my DMs on one of my social medias. Um. Uh, <laughs> boy, this is a fun question. Um, who's your least favorite comedian? Oh, man. Uh, I'll say the same thing about my least favorite comedian that I would say about my favorite comedian. You've probably never heard of him. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, I don't want to talk shit, but I'll. I guess one famous person that I don't understand and I don't get it uh, would be Jeff Dunham. Um, the You know, the ventriloquist guy. And I... I it's... It's... I don't get it. I mean, I get ventriloquism and it's like, look, he's not moving his lips and that puppet's talking. That's fun. But like the jokes are like racist. 
and perhaps a bigger comedy sin, they're really corny. It's like dumb race jokes, but because of puppet saying it. You know, keep in mind that uh, Jeff Dunham is selling out arenas and theaters, and I, you know, I had 33 people at my show last night in Little Rock, Arkansas, so I, I get it. But this isn't a jealousy thing. This is, I don't understand. I don't get it. I mean, he's got a Mexican puppet called Jalapeno on a stick. I mean, he's got a, <laughs> I don't even know where he's supposed to be from, an Arab puppet. It's a terrorist puppet. The, the puppet's called Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. That That's the name of the fucking puppet. I mean, I'm not talking like... <laughs> if you want to tell me comedy is too politically correct, uh, I will listen, because I think you're right. But jalapeno on a stick? Ahmed the Dead Terrorist? Uh, I think he's got like a black puppet... It's like a, a pimp character called Sweet Daddy something. I mean, what the fuck? How, what? Is that things you could never do if it's just you standing on stage. But I guess when your hands up a puppet's ass, you can say a lot of shit. And again, it's not even like... <laughs> it's just dumb. It's just dumb jokes, and I don't get it. And uh, so there you go. I guess that's my least favorite famous comedian um uh jeff dunham i'm sorry i hope this doesn't hurt i'm trusting you my podcast listeners don't tag jeff dunham and say somebody never heard of talk shit about him uh but i don't get it the jokes are dumb and they're racist and just dumb stereotypes of i just don't get it i don't fucking get it uh but uh one time a thousand years ago, when I was uh, on tour with my buddy Owen Straw in Montana, uh, I met Jeff Dunham's daughter. Um, she was uh, at the show. We were, I think she went to school in Montana. Should I tell this fucking story? Here we go. Um, nothing bad, but uh, she was like pretty drunk. Her friend was like, do you know who she is? We're like, no, we don't know who she is. You're like, that's Jeff Dunham's daughter. We're like, cool. Beautiful, by the way. She was incredibly attractive. Um, but uh, she was really drunk, and she kept almost saying, like, we almost got some, like, really good stories out of her, but her other drunk fan kept interrupting to talk about dumb shit. So, like, you know, <laughs> the Dunham daughter would be like, my dad thinks those puppets are part of the fucking family. And me and Owen are like, really? T -t -t Tell us more. And then the other drunk fan would be like, you guys want to do shots? We should do shots. And we're like, shut up. We're trying. I mean, yes, we want to do shots if you're buying. But we're about to get like good Jeff Dunham gossip. I mean, the follow up to Jeff, the follow up to my dad thinks those puppets are part of the family. That's got to be fucking good. Do they sit at Thanksgiving? Is jalapeno on a stick? Like, pass the turkey, man. Is Ahmed the terrorist? Like, <laughs> it's a little burnt, and I know all about blowing things up. I don't know. We never got the story. But uh, I guess that's another thing that annoys me about Jeff Dunham, is it's like, some of the, I think feel like some of the people who like him are like, oh, it's good, wholesome. He doesn't have to... Use blue, colorful language. He's, you know, I can take my family. Well, yeah, you can take your family to hear, like, <laughs> racist stereotypes about Middle Eastern people. Like, how is that not worse than saying, I'd rather listen to someone who wasn't racist say fuck than pull out a Mexican on a stick puppet. I don't get it, man. Uh, I don't fucking get it at all. And he, even when the puppet says something risque, then, you know, Jeff Dunham gets to look at the puppet like, how dare you say that? I would never. <laughs> it's all you, dick. <laughs> I would never say that. That's 
the black pimp I'm holding right now. Like, whew. I worked with someone once who had opened for Jeff Dunham, <clears throat> uh, and he said he was bombing. And uh, he he said something on stage like, "Hey, I got. I know you guys are excited to see Jeff Dunham." They're all like, "Yeah!" And he's like, "Well, he's uh he's backstage doing coke with Peanut, which is one of his other puppets. Um, I don't know what Peanut's supposed to be, <clears throat> uh, but." He said it got like a big laugh and it helped his set. And then um, I don't know if the story was he either got in trouble or got fired. Jeff was not happy. He's like, don't. Don't make jokes about my fucking puppets. That's my job. He's like, all right. And then his daughter was like, my dad thinks those puppets are part of the family. Another question. Another question, uh, uh, another podcast question I've been sitting on for a couple episodes. Uh, <laughs> I love this question. It's like a, a job interview. Uh, what are your strengths and weaknesses as a comedian? Which I should answer this like it's a job interview. Um, I would say my weaknesses are that I have too many strengths. And my strengths are that I don't have any weaknesses. If I have one fault, it's that I work too hard and I care too much. Um, okay. I will, okay. I would say my strengths as a comedian are, uh, I'm very consistent. I don't have a lot of bad shows. Um, or even the shows I think are like, okay, I brought up the Royal Bear. I had a show at the Royal Bear in Algona. There were some drunk people. Sometimes hecklers are fun, and you can make it funny. I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was the hecklers. Just It didn't. I had an okay set. Did not feel good about it. And afterwards, people are like, you were great. And I said, thank you. But in my head, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I was not great. This whole night sucked. So my point is, uh, occasionally I have... A bad show, of course. I am a human being. But in general, I don't have that many bad shows. I'm pretty consistent. Um, I would say another strength is my uh, my LPMs, <laughs> which is my laughs per minute, uh, is really high. Like, I have a lot of, uh, well, you know, a lot of laughs per minute. I have a lot of punchlines. And that just, you know, that comes from trying to entertain drunk people with no attention span. And I'm like, I'm not going to run around. I'm not going to hump a stool. I better talk fast and uh, keep them laughing and not thinking. Um, so I would say that would be a couple of my strengths. Um, weaknesses, I would... I mean... Hmm. You know, I think... Uh, you know, I think this actually ties in with me being consistent, with me not having a lot of bad shows. I think a lot of comedians that go next level, the level of fame, or at least the level above me, I think they're not as consistent because they are not for everyone. Um, you know, I kind of made the decision based on the shows I was doing, I was going to be very mainstream and I was going to try to make everyone laugh, regardless of demographic, age, etc. And uh, I do think that that is a weakness also. Like, you know, even this podcast, even, <laughs> you know, if this podcast was like extreme political opinions in either direction, I would probably have more listeners. You know? Because that's... And that's true in comedy, too. If I had the kind of act that people walked out of the room because they were pissed off at, but the third of the room that didn't walk out was like, I'm following you, I'm buying all your shit. You know, there is something for that, even if it's not a political thing. Like, uh, Mitch Hedberg spent some time in Seattle. Um, and so a lot of the old Seattle guys who who knew him like when he opened for them in a much earlier version of Mitch Hedberg, they would be like, he 
would bomb all the time. Like, I talked to this one old road dog, and he used to have Mitch open for him out in Montana and shit. And he was like, there was, you know, he's like, one of the shows, some old guy came up on stage and, like, offered Mitch 50 bucks to shut the fuck up and stop talking. You know, people had turned their chairs around. He would just, because he was weird, and he would bomb. But he was like, once a week, if you're on the road with Mitch and he was opening for you, once a week, the crowd would get him, and then you couldn't follow him because uh, he was just doing something different. And if it worked, whatever was after him seemed very traditional and very corny. And um, so, yeah, it's some of the best, most popular comedians in the world are not for everyone. They'll take a stance. They'll, and I think I don't do that. Um, and that's just kind of my personality, but I think you, you could call that a weakness. You could call that a, and I also think like, you know, they say about poker, like, um, uh, a good poker player gets caught bluffing sometimes. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I could probably take a few more chances on stage. I don't, you know, I'll go off on some riffs and they don't always go somewhere, but it's also like. You know, I'm very on purpose not bringing up topics that could divide the room, you know, and uh, I think that's a that's a weakness or it could at least it doesn't help me. You know, I think it's a part of my personality and I'm not going to change it, but it doesn't help me. And I also this is an offstage weakness, but I'm not great at. You know, I tell people on stage I have a podcast, but I'm not handing out little flyers and follow me on this. And I don't put a thing on the table to sign up for my email list. And that stuff doesn't come naturally to me. And it doesn't, it feels very salesman. It's bad enough I have to sell merch. So I don't, I'm not necessarily great at that. Um, or I'm not great at, you know, uh, when I work with people that are like, hey, if you ever come to New York, send me an email and I can get you some stage time. Well, if I come to New York, I'm not sending that email. I'm just fucking not. Because it's, I don't, you know, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to put people out. I don't want to be like, well, he said that two years ago and he probably forgot. And That was Roy Wood Jr. who told me that, by the way. Super funny guy. But, um, uh, so yeah, that's, you know, there's definitely some, it's weird the business part or the salesmany part or the smoogy part of comedy. Like, if we were good at that, we probably wouldn't have developed the skills to be funny in life. You develop funny because you're trying to make up for other areas. <laughs> Just like if you develop a keen business sense, maybe it's because you're not funny and you're making up for that area, you know? So it's like it's very rare to get the entire package. Most of the people that are like really good at the marketing of stand-up comedy, they're usually not people's favorite comedian, you know. Um, but anyway, I'm sure I'm much more comfortable talking about my weaknesses and my strengths. I just realized, which uh, I'm going to call that a weakness. <laughs> Okay, like I said, Gabriel at GabrielLetters.com. Um, if you uh, have any uh, questions, comments, any of that shit. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. If you want to leave me an Apple podcast review, I would love it. I'll read it. I'll memorize it. I'll recite it to my children for their bedtime story. Y'all talk then? Okay, good. Um, Dive Bar 69 says, Five stars. Your podcast is fucking hilarious, bro. Let me know if you ever come to Cleveland. All right, sleep good. See you in the morning. Uh, <laughs> all right. I appreciate you guys listening. This podcast is free. And it's worth it. Talk to you next week. Bye.